Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel, a Quantum Leap podcast with Sam and Dennis. We are coming to you from our top secret headquarters at Project Quantum Leap, but you can find us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fate's Wide Wheel. And please do us a favor by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Here we are in our top secret headquarters. Project Quantum Leap. Uh, yes. Uh, and we're joined by a special guest today. You Hi, Larry. Hi, how are you? I wouldn't call myself a special guest. I'm just a guest. <laughs> well, you're special to us. So. Oh, that's so nice of you. You're special. You are our first guest um, calling in because you're Skyping in. Where do you Where do you live, Larry? I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, fantastic. Oh, nice. You are our first guest calling in to actually talk about a regular episode. Yes, that's true. That's right. Yes, because we've had Matt Dale on to talk about his book. We have John Pierre Dorliac on to talk about you know his career and his relation to Quantum Leap. But this is mm-hmm. the first phone-in for an actual episode proper. I know. Nice. Yeah. We might, we might finally get the hang of this after we do it three or four more times. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll tell you what. It, well, it took me about a year and a half before I got the hang of doing my podcast, so... You know, don't don't beat yourselves up too much. <laughs> all right, all right. So tell us, uh, since, since we brought it up, tell us a little bit about your podcast. All right. The Guest Room Podcast uh, started, well, in my house. Uh, we bought a home, my wife and I, and a lot of people spent a lot of time in my guest room. So I decided to put them to work. And we. Uh, <laughs> I started listening to podcasts. I kind of became sort of obsessed with the format. I listen to podcasts all the time. I drive for a living. So I'm in the car okay. all day, and so I started listening to a ton of podcasts, and I and some of them, you know, really professional quality, some a little less so. So Our to myself, I thought, <laughs> yeah, face wide wheel. There's a couple of schmoes from Chicago. Um, yeah, I, I thought to myself, I think I could do that. So I decided to start, and I have a you know the get the title of the guest room comes from. My group of friends who all, you know, were part of the launching of the show, and so uh, yeah, it's um, it went from there. We have a lot of conversations about we talk, we review movies, we review TV and music, and we talk occasionally about like existential things and who knows what else. And uh, it's kind of opened things up for me in terms of you know I've reconnected with some old friends who have come on. I've made some new friends, and uh, it's been it's been a really good experience. I'm not gonna lie. So I've I've enjoyed myself. And fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And I and did now, do how, an episode how long about. Have you been going? This it'll be four years this August. Nice. Yeah, and I, I was going to ask you. You did recently do an episode related to Quantum Leap. I did, and um, I had a guest on uh, one of my new friends, Travis Coleman, from another podcast called Super Enthusiast Radio. I would recommend you check that out. Similar in format to mine, except they have. The same two people on all the time, as opposed to me and a rotating cast of characters. Um, but yeah, they talk a lot of pop culture stuff on there, and um, he's a big Quantum Leap fan, so I decided to have him on. And yeah, we we picked our you know top ten Quantum Leap episodes. We each did that, and of course, if you ask me today, that list would be a lot different than it was even two months ago. <laughs> sure, because it's just it's just a fluid thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my, my number one, I'm confident, is always going to be my number one, but. Two through ten could be jumbled and flipped around, but um, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, you should check that out. Uh, the episode of the Guest Room Podcast called "Top Ten Quantum Leap Episodes." Shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 absolutely. No. So, so speaking of top ten, 
Yes. There, there is one episode that is notably missing from your top ten. And that is. <laughs> and that is one strobe over the line. Oh, man, yeah, this, which, this one. Which is the episode we're talking about this week. I am so excited. I cannot tell you how excited I am to talk about this episode. Um, yeah, I, I was going back and forth with you guys, and I made the suggestion that I talk about an episode that I didn't care for. Um, just because I thought it'd be interesting to go back and kind of look at it from a more critical standpoint, and you know, I haven't seen it in so long. I thought maybe I'll pick up something that I missed. Yeah. And the truth is, I did, and it was something that just strengthened my resolve. I actually like it less. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, yes. <laughs> well, let's dive in. Let's like, do it. Let's dive yeah, in. All right, like sure. we do. So, um, um, one strobe over the line was directed by Michael Zinberg. This is his sixth of nine episodes. Uh, he also directed Good Morning Peoria, MIA, Leap Home Part Two. He'll go on to do Leap Back, amongst others. Um, it is written by Chris Rupenthal. His fourth of ten for him. Uh, he also wrote Good Morning Peoria, Freedom. Glitter Rock, which is important to us. Uh, yes, you know, our namesake. Where yeah. we got our name. Uh, and also, um, funny enough, another much derided episode of Quantum Leap by the... T- <laughs> I can't even say the word, the, the, the title of it, without kind of cracking up a little bit. Curse of Tahotep. Ah! <laughs> which is also pretty terrible. Oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> um, air date is October the 9th, 1990. Our leap date is June 15th, 1965. And Sam is leapt into Carl Granson in New York City, and he's a high-fashion photographer. Oh, All right. boy. Here we go with the TV. Oh, boy, indeed. The, the TV guide description. Sam, Scott Bakula, flashes into a fashion photographer and develops a relationship with a model... Marjorie Monahan, yes, we'll say, whom he must save from an overdose. Very straightforward. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah, just one, one kind of pun with the flashes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Sam leaps in face to face with the lion. Indeed. Oh, the lion. <laughs> I just remember this being the lion episode. Like when I was a kid, I was like, "All right, there's a lion," and yeah. It literally adds nothing to this. I'm not gonna I, lie; it's just a lion. It's there, it's very, right? It's very pretty. Like I, I think it's a beautiful creature. But what is it adding to the story? <laughs> yeah, I will. I will say that when it leaps up onto the tables at the end, I, I, there's certain grace for there's an animal a, that large that I'm kind of like, oh, well, that's nice, sure. But the <laughs> fact that that is something that I'm talking about in the context of this episode, sure, says a lot. Yes. Well, you know, I remember reading a long time ago, like when they put out like uh, like the Quantum Leap Writer's Guide. Mm-hmm. They warned writers to not fall into the trap of uh, of giving Sam a really great moment to leap into, mm. but then not really having something to follow through with. Mm. And so I feel like this. I mean, yeah, in the moment, first time ever viewing it, coming face to face with a lion when you leap in. Yeah. No matter what the lion's temperament is. Yeah, that's that's an interesting angle. Yeah, which is potentially another pun, considering that it's you know about mm-hmm. photography. Ah, uh, I see. Boom. I wasn't even trying. The dad jokes come built in. <laughs> nice. Um. So yeah, so we get our setup right away. We got our principal characters there. Edie is uh, the model who's being photographed. Sure. Helen is, um, of course, the. Um, the manager, the, the owner, agent, the agent, yeah, exactly. And, and Byron, Byron. Uh, 
is it just me? Like, he gave off, like, a very uh, poor man's Robert Downey Jr. vibe. Oh, I didn't pick up on that, but now that you say it, oh, yeah, totally. Okay, all right. I'm not totally, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. But, 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 but what, what Robert Downey Jr. would become, like, 20 years later? Like, at the time, he was still just kind of a kid, but, yeah, he's sort of like sure. It's like he's trying to be that, but really failing miserably. Yeah. Sure, yeah. 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 But so we get the cute line about, you know, uh, Byron has a line like, the, the lions nibble at the slow photographers. Yeah. Every now and then, we get the oh boy, opening credits. And here we go. Here we go. Uh, also should mention that Carl has an assistant named Mike, I believe. Okay. Uh, who has like four lines, but they're all so bitchy. They are. <laughs> don't, don't make up your mind or anything. Yeah. yeah. Like he's he's, he's a, just a little shit through the whole thing. He's so um, world I would love it if that guy wasn't actually an actor. He was just a put upon like actual assistant. They're like, here, just be you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for the next six days while we shoot this. Yeah, just just be you. Just, uh, just hold the camera and yell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we come back from break and we get we get introduced to the idea that uh, Edie needs a break pretty on and, and, and her and Helen step off and Helen has the line that you look like a little country girl tired from a long day of milking cows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we get introduced to the idea early on that Edie is kind of out of her element here. Uh, being a country girl moving in, which will be a theme that runs throughout yeah. the entire episode. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I, I'm i going to just do this right off the bat because we're not going to say a lot great about this episode, so I will give it one thing right, okay. right off the bat. I do enjoy the way that that helps to stoke the relationship between Sam and Edie. Oh, sure. And that, mm-hmm. they, yeah, they come from that similar background. That's great. I, I'm going to come on early and say, well, I don't think this is a great episode of Quantum Leap. I, I think I'm going to be the defender of this episode. This is a perfectly straightforward, if I was introducing this show to someone, just a straightforward episode. This is an okay episode. Yeah, it's okay. All right. Well, I'm going to stand by. So anyway, so we get introduced to this. Uh, Helen gives Edie some pills Mm -hmm. in this one, uh, in this scene. So we get introduced that that this is that this is part of the story. Yeah. Um, She just gives like she literally just pours a handful. Yeah. She's like, just take these. Yeah. And I love how they're just pills. Like I think only one time they mentioned amphetamine. But for the they, most part, they, it's just pills. Yeah. 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 And I wonder if that was a um, a deliberate thing right. to not to not give viewers any ideas. Like mm-hmm. if anyone were to abuse a certain kind of pill to not like feed them like the name of a certain kind of pill of a certain kind of pill. Just just mm-hmm. call them pills in general. I also wonder possibly because this was the point when they moved to Fridays at eight. Mm. That being in the eight o'clock time slot, maybe there was some censorship on on the scripting phase. Oh, uh, that's because they were because they were on Wednesdays at ten before. Oh. And ten o'clock, you can get away with a little more than you can at eight. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Actually, that's a really good point, um, and not something that I've thought a whole lot about, yeah. frankly. Uh, but it would be interesting to know if they did come up against anything. Not even just for this episode specifically, but other episodes. 
Um, sure. Also, on the flip side of that, though, like being put on Friday night at that point in time was kind of considered like being put in the graveyard because, mm-hmm. True. you know, before DVRs and everything, like no one was really watching TV on, on Friday night. Everybody was going out. So right. Maybe. Except for me. <laughs> <laughs> and me. Yeah. yeah. How how old were you during the original run of the show? Um, I was born in seventy eight, so you know nine or actually no eleven through what fourteen roughly. Okay, so you, yeah, you're, you're just a year older than me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Um, so yeah, we get this first scene here. We get the the setup. Edie's a is out of her element. She's getting fed pills by Helen. Helen is a, we got to get the job done no matter what the cost. Yeah, and clearly, I think that one of the things that's set up just by her appearance is that she is sort of an older version of Edie in a lot of ways. Like, not necessarily comes from the same background, but was clearly a model, was, you know... There's a reason she has these pills, you know, sure. she's very thin, she looks a certain way, she, you know, carries herself a certain way, so I think that that... that um, What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, it's a nice echo, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Helen is played by Susan Anton, who did a lot of television since like the early to mid '70s. She even did a lengthy stint on Baywatch at one point. Oh wow! But uh, well, was she on Baywatch Nights? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Marjorie Monahan, uh, who plays Edie, has done a lot of television pretty much for the entirety of the 1990s. Um, she's not done a whole lot since. Um, I know her best, actually, from Babylon 5. Um, she's Coming another, back yeah. another, yeah, another B5 uh, crossover player here. She played number one, uh, whose name was eventually re- revealed to be uh, Tessa Holleran. But, um, yeah, she had a stint in, like, the fourth season. Um, I feel like Babylon 5 is something that's missing from my repertoire. I've never watched it. Oh, man. Larry, let me tell you. I I stand by that show. I, you mm-hmm. know, it, it it holds up very well in some ways, not very well in other ways, but I still think it's worth, yeah. it's worth a watch. So can, can I just oh, interject here? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Obviously, I'm definitely going to give it a shot at some point. So I'm on IMDb here, and I'm looking up the actors for this episode. Mm-hmm. Way down at the bottom of the list is an actor named Trip Law, mm-hmm. and he is just credited as Nubian Guard. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too, actually. Where and... is that in the episode? Uh, oh man, like is he like one of the? Is there a male model standing around like when they're doing the photo shoot? Maybe. Yeah, I think I think when they're setting up indoors for the first one, when Al is like coaching Sam, I do think there is actually a, a couple of guys in this in the scene. God, okay, that's just so yeah, that's just so random. Okay, anyway, so we uh, now we cut back to Sam fumbling his way through trying to do a photo shoot. He's a, we get a very fumbly Sam. We this do. Whole yeah, I mean, you know, for tar- <laughs> it's a it's a lot of equipment. To handle, uh, quantum leap is a lot there. like taking a picture. Something, something, something. I'm glad they didn't make this a running thing throughout the series. <laughs> quantum leaping is like quantum, quantum leaping is a lot like going to Vietnam. No, <laughs> <laughs> there are rules. <laughs> um, so. Um, so yeah, in the scene we get a little bit more of Brian, uh, Byron. They decide to wrap up for the day, and Edie asks Carl for a ride home, and this clearly bugs 
the crap out of Helen. Yeah. Yeah, Helen is, is not happy about this. Uh, and I... It, it kind of plants a seed for something that happens later. Um, but, you know, Sam clearly doesn't know any better, so he takes her home. Yeah. Absolutely. And she's got cats. She does. Many. <laughs> she's got, that's where we got. Edie, Edie is a cat lady. Uh, Edie is a crazy cat lady. Just put it out there. Do you think um, she's a crazy? Do you think she's a crazy cat lady? She's very young, and this is the beginning of crazy cat lady. She already has like six cats. Yeah. So and she's like she's like twenty four years old. By the time she's fifty, she's going to have about twenty five cats. I don't even know if she's twenty four. I've never done the math on that, but yeah, I, that's just a guess. <laughs> sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, she's definitely going to have a lot of cats. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree on this one. I mean, she's going to go back to the country and... Yeah. All that you know. land. We need more cats to fill the land. Right? And what's that cat's name? Uh, you know, I didn't... I, I, I wrote down that, that Sam had two cats. Cats, Donner, Donner Blitzen. Blitzen. Yeah. Uh, but I, I neglected to write down the cat's name. Um, but So, yeah. So, from this scene, we... Uh, we we get from it that uh, they 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 kind of have a little bonding over time in Indiana. Yeah. Sam trips over himself, saying he's from Indiana. Well, I thought you were from Queens. Queens. Yeah, it's like oh my cousin, and so ba- the the cousin becomes Sam's stand-in for talking about himself the rest of the episode, um, which I think this this is a nice running thread throughout the episode because Sam gets to the, to talk about himself in a in a little way, and after having the leap home a couple of yeah. episodes ago, we can picture that more in our minds there. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that the, one of the things that the episode does very well uh, is there's an element of Edie wanting to do all of these things, not to be famous, not necessarily to make a lot of money. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. she wants to make that money, but she's really more interested in going back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's another way that they connect, uh, which I think that once things kind of come full circle mm-hmm. at the end of the episode. Um, there's a nice moment for Sam at the very end, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is another positive, yeah. I guess I'll say about the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I also Go think on. that the, uh, you know, obviously Scott's great because Scott's great, but I think, you know, there is legit chemistry between he and the, mm. I think they do. I, I, I get that they bonded. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. I think there is some nice chemistry between the two of them. And there's a couple of really nice moments. It's interesting because Monaghan, I was reading before, this was one of her first television roles. And before she had done this, uh, she had done almost exclusively theater. And there are a couple of scenes that she has, especially when she has sort of a monologue, that feel very theatrical as compared to what we normally get on television. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's a bad thing. Um... But uh, to the point where literally she like turns out and is facing the camera instead of kind oh, of being engaged. Yeah. yeah, she basically is cheating out instead of like engaging w- with Scott, which I mean could have been completely the director's choice, not hers. Sure. But, but there were a couple of moments that I felt like were more theatrical um, than compared to what we usually get. Yeah. The thing I will say that's interesting about that is knowing that Scott Bakula comes from a theater background. Mm-hmm. I feel like he does that a lot too. Not just in, in this episode, but, like, throughout sure. Quantum Leap. There's sometimes you can be like, oh, yeah, he's... Yeah, he comes from a theater background. <laughs> you can tell sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we get some nice chemistry between them. Sam is clearly smitten with her. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there, are yeah. epi- there are episodes when, when Sam comes in and, you know, like, 
what who is the, the woman who's supposed to be the the romantic interest like uh, Catherine in Seabride, for example. Like he's there to do a job. He doesn't really have any personal chemistry or attraction with her. But in this one, it's very clear like he is flirting badly, mm-hmm. and I don't mean creepy. I mean badly, Dor- dorkily, <laughs> dorkily. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's, there, there's even a great moment where he just he trips over his words to the point where he finally just says, "Please help me out here. I'm I'm dying." Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So yeah, this is just a really sweet scene, and then Sam kind of accidentally steps in it when he he kind of forces the conversation to to make Edie reveal that her mother passed away when she was 13, which total mood killer. Oh yeah. yeah. And I don't know. There's, there's, there's no after. more. There's no more greater aphrodisiac than talking about your dead mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a tweetable right there. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, uh, <coughs> I suppose I, it could you know, be. You but. know, I will. I, I will say to, to take this to a more uh, to go on a more like personal, tangential story. Like both of my parents have passed away, mm-hmm. and there there is a weird conversational thing to navigate. When which with just with one person, or or even more so, like when, when it's in a group of people, yeah, like like they're just acquaintances. You they don't know my parents are passed away. I don't want to get into it, yeah, because inevitably, like you know, when they're talking about other people's parents, and then they turn to me, like, "What do your parents do?" or something or whatever, and then I have to try to as quickly as I can say both of my parents are passed away. But it's okay. Please let's move on. Let's not make this the topic of conversation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because that is, that has happened to me so many times and I still haven't figured out how to navigate, how to say, yes, both of my parents are passed. That's great. Thank you for your sympathy. Let's get back to what we were actually talking about. Yeah, let's, let's, let's have something more pleasant happen right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah. I mean, my mom passed away uh, when I was twenty, so it, it, I have a similar experience with that. Anytime it comes up, you do mm-hmm. try to kind of figure out. But I, I think in this instance too, uh, being that Edie is younger and you know she's trying to help her family out in this way, it kind of makes a lot of sense that instead of wanting to get past it, she does just shut down um, yeah. and want to get him out of there. Sure. Yeah. And so as. Uh as she's getting him out of here, this is something that we don't see very much on Quantum Leap. She is taller than Scott Bakula. Yes, she is. She's six I didn't foot even tall. notice that. Wow. Yeah, because there's, uh, yeah, because there's as they they are leaving, and there's there's kind of this like almost like will they or won't they kiss? Like like Sam even like comes back in the door for a yeah. moment, and it's I, I think the way they set up the shot, like they were trying to downplay as much as possible the fact that that she is taller than him, mm. but but she's yeah, definitely. she. Yeah, there's an interesting dynamic when he when he's getting ready to leave. I feel like because I don't necessarily get the sense that he's coming back in to kiss her because Sam wants to kiss her. I, I mean, I believe that Sam wants to kiss her, mm-hmm. but I also get this vibe that there's almost the thought of: Am I supposed to kiss her? Should I kiss her? <laughs> Would Carl kiss her? Like, like this is what I'm here to do. Yeah, it's more yeah. complex. It's there's it's more complex than just sort of like Sam being like, I really want to kiss this girl. Which I sure. think is nice. Sure. I know. Yeah. I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar. I will say this, and I'm, I'll give some credit where it's due here. This episode is well directed. And totally. I, I like, you know, like, I'm just thinking about that moment when he steps out and then pops his head back in. Everything's, like, staged really well and framed really well. And we'll get to that one shot late, that one crane shot that's really interesting late in the episode. But I, I do think 
you know, this is a well-executed take on, you know, just what is a pretty thin idea. It's incredibly well lit, you know. Yes, I, I said that about uh, Thou Shalt Not actually last season, and I feel like this one, uh, in a different way, but shares that um, that quality. It's a very well lit episode, uh, which it lends itself to uh, a lot of that staging, like you're saying. So uh, I would agree. I think the cinematography and the direction is actually very well done. Mm-hmm. So uh, after this, Sam leaves. Uh, go to Carl's place. Yeah, which is. He like I said so well lit. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of it, yeah, a sweet place. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, so we see Al for the first time in this episode, um, looking at the large photo of. I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be a, a popular model. I couldn't recall. But anyway, I thought it was Susan Anton at first, to be honest with you. And uh, oh, that's interesting. But it's. I don't think it is. But just you no. know, when he walked in the room, it sort of looked like her. But. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he makes the joke, have you reached your face yet? Al says, not yet. They have some dialogue. Maybe Al thinks maybe Sam is there to shoot the first Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit model, but no, that happened in 64. Here we are in 65. Helen is a shark in nylons, <laughs> and Helen's agency is teetering on the brink of bankruptcy. Yeah. Which is all we need to know about Helen's motivation for doing whatever it takes to make sure that Edie does it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Edie is going to overdose in three and a half days on a combo of pills and alcohol. Pills. Yeah. No, I agree with you, Larry. It, it is very strange. I, I mean, I get it. There's a multiple mm-hmm. reasons why it could be, but it, to just continually say pills, pills, pills. Yeah. It's like, exactly. Yeah. Come on. It doesn't really... It. it I mean, even even though this episode has no chance of holding up for me, it really <laughs> it really makes it hard because that's just a weird production choice that I just uh, yeah, it's just it's bad. Yeah, it seems a little after school special. Totally, it really does. It strikes you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, this is the same era. This is. Uh, this has to be within two or three years of the infamous Saved by the Bell yeah. episode. Oh, man. Yeah. It, it's funny, actually, because Matt name-checks that episode and another episode, I think, in the book of something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, that had that very similar sort of, like, don't do drugs. Yeah. Just say uh, no. The, just say no, the episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This actually made me think of that one. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, the uh, Star Trek The Next Generation episode, Symbiosis. Yes, that's is, actually the other thing that Matt name it, checks yeah. in his book. Yeah, yeah. It's remind me, remind me the the plot of that episode. There are two planets, one of which um, is Ooh. supposedly suffering from a plague, and the other one has the medicine. But really, the ones suffering from a plague are just drug addicts. They're just going through withdrawal. Yeah, okay. pretty much. And, <laughs> okay. and there's yeah. there's a really bad scene where Denise Crosby is Yar is on the on the bridge talking to Wesley about the dangers of drug use, and it's just so corny. Uh, I mean, but we're in that era, though. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's totally eighties TV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I will say overall, Al's outfits are really starting to hit their stride in the series. Oh God, yeah. Like, yeah. I really feel like, like we are hitting like the signature Al outfits. Yeah, that's true. Especially yeah, anything with a jacket to it, like we get to in the next photo shoot scene here, um, which it looks like I was kind of thrown off because the photo shoot is clearly happening in the loft that we just saw. Mm-hmm. So it's clearly happening. I guess it's like, excuse me, Carl's loft slash 
home studio. Slash studio. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so it's in this New, scene, it's New York. You do everything in one place, I guess. Right. <laughs> right, right. It's cheaper that way. You're shooting, you're shooting a TV show on a budget. You shoot everything in one place. Yeah. Uh, so in this, you know, Edie is still struggling. Her and Sam have a cute little exchange over periwinkles. Yeah. Um, Wear the blue dress. Yeah. Brings out your eyes like periwinkle. We have periwinkles uh, on my farm. Oh. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so Edie is struggling. Byron clearly isn't happy talking with Edie about, you know, or talking with Helen. But you know what can we do? Uh, Sam is fumbling, but then he starts to get the hang of it, and then we have a montage. Yeah, Ooh. montages are fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't Especially mind this one, but yeah, it's just a space filler. They clearly had like a thirty-minute episode that they're spreading out to fit forty-five. Yes, yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Actually, I could I could see that. Um, but yeah, Edie is struggling. They take a break. Helen gives Edie more pills. Pills. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a handful of pills. Yeah. Uh, they look like and, antibiotics, too. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. Uh, and so at th- this is the point where, where, where Sam releases the birds and we get the... Or he has his assistant reach him. Yeah. This is like at the start of the scene. This is where we get like one of the, the, the nice Mike's, bitchy yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. From, yeah. Don't make up your mind or anything. Um, it's also it's, interesting to note that there are a couple lines that Al says that makes it clear that in this universe, Carl is supposed to be a well-known yes. photographer. Like an artist. Yeah. Not just, not just a guy who takes pictures of women in clothing. For sure. You know? Yeah. But he's um, someone who 25 years or 30 years later from Al's timeline, like, he still knows this guy. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I really like, too, is that Sam, as he's getting into it, he even has that line at one point. This is like, what is it, like painting? With painting with people. People, yeah. yeah. And, and I really like that. And uh-huh. it's, it's just this cool moment for him to kind of come out of that shell and sure. be artistic. Yeah. And, and it, he gets into it. It's almost kind of reminiscent of when he comes out of his shell during Good Morning Peoria. Yes, mm. exactly. Yeah. Without a doubt. Written and directed by the same two people. <laughs> <laughs> Except that's a better episode. Yeah, it is. Oh, that was actually, yeah, that was actually my first. Oh, oh okay. that's, nice. yeah. that's yep. a good nice. gateway. Yeah, that's a good was. gateway into the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is when we know we're going to, to, uh, to dinner. I think Sam tries to get out of the dinner, and, and Edie says no, or not Edie, but Helen says no, you have to come, you got to tell some of your stories, and Al kind of freezes up, and Al's like, don't worry, i got a million of them. Yeah. Then they oh, cut to dinner, and... Because we should also mention that in the, you know, continuing thread of Al just knowing everything, yeah. that when he was a kid, he used to go to the city in the 60s, and a lot of his friends were photographers, so he knows about all these things. Sure. Mm-hmm. So he knows how they talk, he knows... How to frame a shot. He knows, you know. Yeah. Do this, do that. He just wishes it was a Playboy shoot. That's all. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Al is like one of those guys. Like, I know, I've known in my life a few guys who just, they've been everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they've done everything. Oh, I was here at this time, and I did this, that, and the other thing. And I'm thinking, okay, how, when did you have time to, like, you know, go to school and sleep? Because you've done all these <laughs> other things in your life. So, Al, like, I, I take Al with a grain of salt sometimes that... There's got to be a little bit of embellishments. Oh, I never thought yeah. about that. You think he's making yeah. some stuff up? Yeah, maybe. I think 
I mean, clearly we know his background. We know about the Naval Academy, and we know about Vietnam and the, the space program and all those things. The orphanage that happened. But all these little side things, eh, I wonder sometimes. No, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I could totally see him embellishing, being, you know, being the, the, the raconteur and kind of just, mm-hmm. you know, spinning sure. some tales as opposed to it all just being fact. Sure. Yeah. Sure, and, and in the end, he's still being helpful, so it's not a bad thing. It's just well, sure, yeah, <laughs> right, right. yeah. His, his stories come around to to a greater good for Sam. Exactly. Yes. Um, so we get to dinner. Sam is just uh, finishing a story that's being fed to him by Al. Yeah. Edie's uh, not hungry. Al jumps in to note that uh, taking amphetamines. Which how? I just have to ask a question. How does real he quick. know? I, 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 I know. <laughs> it's. A, I, I want to ask a question about the story. The punchline has to do with snapshot. He says, no, I said snapshot. My mind went all sorts of places oh, with as to what the oh. misunderstanding was about. I was Uh-oh. like, is that story okay to tell in mixed company? That's good. Well, I mean, to, to, to dive back to Kamikaze Kid, we come into that one scene where the, the dad yeah. is finishing up a joke. And I went and Googled. It's the same thing. Like, you're just hearing the punchline. And I Googled it. And, yeah, that is a very vulgar joke that even for, for that one particular character to be telling, like, even that seemed a little bit too far Yeah, at a table that was half filled with women. I mean, I guess that's the way to do it if you're going to only tell half a joke. I guess so. Really dirty, <laughs> yeah. but, but leave the dirty parts out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The aristocrats. Ah. Uh. Um, so, anyway, uh, this cuts away to... Uh, I can't remember how they get away. Like they, they separate to the restroom. But Helen, anyway, Helen leaves to go to the bathroom. That's it. Then they come back and say, uh, "Carl, you wanted for a call." He excuses himself to go take a call. <sighs> Helen corners him in the kitchen. That's it. It's clear that they used to be lovers. She's very jealous over the fact that now apparently he's moving on to Edie, which yeah. is what she sees because of the way Sam is behaving. She attacks him. Yeah. She sexually assaults him. Let's just... You know, I was going to say, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> at, at, at one point... Yeah, at one point, you know, because, like, Sam is trying to convince her that there's nothing going on between them, and, and finally like, fine, take me, right here. And so, yeah, I, I wrote down the same thing, that she pretty much sexually assaults him uh, right there. And it's one of the it's shots a, that we... Go ahead. Good. No, I was going to say, it's a pretty raunchy scene for an episode that's afraid to actually name their drugs. Right? Yeah. And it's not the only one because later on there's the scene between Sam and yeah. Edie that it gets oh, pretty. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, so we get the the comedic moment of Al walking in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is always my favorite part of modeling. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But then after Sam finally pushes Helen away, this is when we drop. It's. Uh, uh, her her Machiavellian Lady Macbeth. Oh. She she lay and even like how it's directed, like she's turned out like facing the camera, her back to him and and him over her shoulder, like we she, like she lays it out and in a not subtle way at all. Oh, what she's she's a, she's a mustache she, twirler. Yeah, yeah. She lays she it out. Pretty much cackles. Like she's like she's she literally is like maybe she just won't get any more pills or maybe she'll take too many. <laughs> like it's like oh my god. Sure, but I I I I I mean on one hand it is kind of over the top, but on the other hand I could totally buy her. I could totally buy that person. Just just flat out saying, 
I am evil. This is what I'm going to do. Mm. It, it, and, and, and like high pressure, New York fashion modeling world. I buy that. It, it was a little over the top, but not too over the top. Well, it, so I wanted to save this for the end, but I'm just going to say it now. Do it. The thing that, <laughs> the thing that I decided that bugged me about this episode, having rewatched it yesterday is that she's such a obvious villain that I think by the time we get to the end, we've kind of forgiven the industry itself. That it's really just this one bad apple who's corrupting this one innocent girl, and we don't really get into those two old rich dudes who are financing the whole thing and what their role is. Like, this is, you know, pill abuse is an industry-wide problem. (laughs) And the way that right. you know young girls are expected to behave and you know keep their weight down and all of these very unhealthy choices they're forced to make in order to just work, um, it's not just you know their one evil bitchy manager. It's you know it's an industry wide problem. And I think this what this story fails to do is give us you know that story to say you know what you could tell the personal story about this young girl, but also say well it's really the problem with the the chosen profession and we need better people to manage it as opposed to just this one you know disgruntled x model who now you know doesn't know any better yeah Yeah, and i think it would make her character more interesting if we actually gave her even a hint of sympathy even if she turned out in the end to to not come around if she still stayed evil it would at least give us a, a sense of understanding about her yeah, that's a damn good point, actually, because there was a moment in the previous scene when Sam was taking the photographs and the other models were there uh, that it just flashed through my head. How many of these other models are on pills? pills. You know, who, who else is uh, who, sure. who else is under the influence here? Who else is battling these problems? Because you're right, it was, it was an industry problem. I mean, it still is an industry problem. Absolutely. And, you know, they, yeah. they touch on the whole eating thing at dinner when Sam kind of encourages Edie to eat. And she's like, oh, no, I'm not hungry. And you know, leave her alone. And, and so there is this sort of um, web of control that goes beyond just Helen. And mm-hmm. in a way, she does get used as a scapegoat. And I feel like she could have been much more sympathetic considering that she came from that environment before she ascended to the position she's in. Yeah, you know, right. she was Edie at one point. Um, and, and clearly, she's still taking the pills, too. Absolutely. Like, I don't think that that's mm-hmm. some sort of, like, subtle thing that we're supposed to... I mean, I think it's fairly clear that she is taking these pills as well. That's why she has them on her all the time. Sure. Um, So, yeah, I I agree with that, Larry. I think that it is interesting that they decide... I I mean, there's only so much you can do in 45 minutes, sure. Exactly. Um, But I think that that would have definitely heightened the level uh, of authenticity, maybe, and and also made these characters a little bit more three-dimensional and sympathetic instead of getting more... Mushroom, mushroom, Villain that we do. Yeah, in, that's in, a really in, great point. And the fact, yeah, they that they mm-hmm. make another woman like basically like, like the villain. Like she's the front. Like when you like you said, like we have these two old white guys. Yeah, off to the side. Like they're they're kind of pushing everything along. And Byron too. Uh, and yeah, I, exactly. I, I think that again, poor if, man's Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> but in a way, if you think like the pressure that Byron puts on Helen causes her to put the pressure on Edie, which sure. you know in turn gives you know, is is for her to give her the pills and that's I don't think that that's explored of Byron kind of gets off easy very easy 
Yeah. And especially, again, we'll jump ahead, that last shot. That Again, I love that last shot, that crane shot where everyone walks away from her. Yeah. yeah. It's so beautifully staged. But, yeah, like, the Byron walks away, and I'm like, no, Byron's a prick, too. Get in. Yeah. Right. All, yeah. And, and to twist the knife is the fact that Byron hugs her and yes. kisses her on the – pats her on the cheek mm-hmm. and walks away. Yeah. What a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, that is a really excellent point, Larry. Mm. So yeah, yeah. So, so in other words, this episode sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now here's something that honestly I, because it happens a couple of times with Sam, um, that he goes back to the table and yeah. he's all like, it's time for us to leave. And I, I think the way that Sam approaches this, and quite frankly, it's the writing, I don't know that that is necessarily how Sam would do it. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like it's not how Sam as Carl would do it. Like, I feel like he's a little smarter than that. And I, we, certainly we see in episodes where Sam takes a bit of a more direct approach. But it's odd to me that he just goes straight to the table in front of everyone and is like, hey, you're coming with me. <laughs> that did strike me as weird, too. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, it, it's also important to note in the scene that we get a drop that Carl was known to pop some pills. Pills. Yes. Himself. Pills. Pills. <laughs> pills. Uh, also to note, uh, Sam gets a little bit rough with, with Helen in the kitchen. Uh, well, when she says that she, when she basically yeah. alludes to the fact she'll kill yeah. Edie. Uh, so we get this little, uh, this this jump of music uh, that we heard last week at One Moment in the Leap of Faith. We're going to hear it a lot. Uh, covering the next episode, the Halloween oh, episode. Uh, this I, I, I'm interested to see, but at least for like this stretch of three episodes, they use this one patch of music to be the scary music. Mm. Yeah. Tense music. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that, Sam? I, it reminds me of that scene from um, uh, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where... Um, Jason Siegel's character, he does music for, like, television mm-hmm. programs. And at one point, he goes into the studio, and he's, like, working on, like, a Law & Order-type program. And he's supposed to be doing sort of the standard kind of Law & Order music. And he's drunk, and, you know, he's just been dumped by his girlfriend, so he's just fucking around. And they're like, and they're like, hey, you know, why don't you just give us the standard stuff? And so he just goes right into, like, the standard sort of, like, Brum, 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 oh, yeah. You know, and it's just sort of like, yeah, that's that's what they have that, to do that's sometimes. What you do. Uh, I want to go on a, a quick Jason Siegel uh, tangent because I know you're a huge fan of How I Met Your Mother, mm-hmm. Sam. Did you ever see This Is the End? Yeah, the, the Apocalypse movie. Yeah, that's how he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, just that moment at the beginning. It, it was at this point where he was clearly tired of How I Met Your Mother when this movie was shot, and he was playing a heightened version of himself, and he was clearly bitching about the show and just ready for it to be done. <laughs> yeah. I just love that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they went on too long. They did. A luxury that Quantum Leap, unfortunately, did not get. They, <laughs> yes. Nope. That is, yeah. So they get back to the table. Uh, they're all singing, uh, I get a kick out of you. Yes. Uh, they're all drunk, ready to go. Sam wants to leave. Uh, who is, I, I just wrote down, happy nightmares. Helen says that. Happy yeah. nightmares. Yeah. <sighs> happy nightmares. I know. She is. She's, She's Lady M. Mushroom twirling. That's all she Yeah, mushroom. She's a mushroom twirler. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we get back to Edie's place. Uh, Edie wants a drink. Sam confronts her about the pills. Yeah. She first tries. Yeah. (laughs) She first tries. 
No, that's why no, I love it. I, I I love the running joke. Um, you know, she completely denies it. Never taking pills. Oh. Yeah. Um, and so, like, eventually Sam gets rid of bed, and then we cut to breakfast the next day, and then basically, this is the detox montage. Yeah. It's so uh, long. It, uh, it is, and then it's like, I felt like, uh, especially the scene where Edie comes in, and she's all paranoid, like, who are you talking to? Mm. Blah, blah, blah. Like, that particular one, like, they did not do... Marjorie Monaghan any favors because that's just a not well written no not at all scene <laughs> yeah yeah it's one, strange to go ahead oh sorry go ahead Larry okay the one good thing is that that one that one shot where uh, she comes out looking for her <clears throat> pills and <laughs> it's all it's all handheld which at Shake, the time mm-hmm. was unusual like nowadays it's all over the place but. I do remember even when I was young thinking, oh, this is kind of an interesting way to film this, you know. So I'll, I'll tip my hat to that. Like I said, it's, again, well-directed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should say as a plot point, Al does pop in during this montage. You just report that Al- Helen does have a history of pushing. He had pushed a previous model over the edge oh, into yes. overdosing. Uh, so that's important to remember. Then we get into the, the, the shaky cam scene, Larry, as you were saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tries to... Sneak out, and then we get an interesting scene where basically she tries to get Sam to have sex with her, and Sam yeah. takes her to Sam takes her to bed. And, and now jumping back to the previous thing about her being taller than than Scott Bakula, that an interesting shot of like him standing over her in bed, yeah, and they briefly making out, and they staged it in such a way to again hide the fact that that she's taller. <laughs> that she's taller. So. I had a lot of feelings about this because, first sure. of all, when, when reading uh, the episode recap in the episode guide on Al's place, yeah, um, and and it's a woman who wrote this. Sure, she talks about how this is her favorite scene in so much as like, you know, oh, this is my favorite scene of the show, you know, and as I was watching it, I found it kind of disturbing in a couple of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it, it's odd because being in the dark the way that it is, you can't tell necessarily. Um, and again, I, I think the lighting heightens it, so I'm not criticizing that fact. But there are times when it's Sam appears very threatening, yes, a, 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 and and menacing. Mm. And I don't stand over over her in bed. No, when he's on top of her, when they're wrestling, when they're on yeah. the ground. Oh, okay. Like there are moments when it's just kind of like, man, if I if I just turn my TV on and saw this, I would think that this guy's trying to rape her. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. And so, it, I mean, again, in context, you know that that's not the case. Sure. She starts kissing him. You know, he's kind of kissing back. He, you know, he ends up saying like, no. He rolls off of her. But it's just a very, it's a very weird scene. Yeah. And, I, and, and I'm not trying to damn it because I think that in some ways it's necessary for the story. Sure. Uh, I, I will, uh, I, I missed it in that particular moment, I think because I like, I was, I was already playing the end of the scene, like knowing where the scene was going to go. Mm-hmm. But there are moments, uh, not this, in this scene, but like, like, Previously, like the way he's handling Helen at certain points in the in the kitchen, uh, in this scene right here, 
Yeah, and even last weekend, a leap of faith. There's there's a moment where he grabs uh, a woman like Tony's girlfriend. Yeah, Yeah. he grabs her really harshly by the arm and pulls her out. Yanks her out of the booth. Yeah, Yeah, that um, I I think TV then like that sensibility. It doesn't strike you. It it didn't strike you as weird at all. But now in in a more modern sensibility, like those moments like really jump out. And and I think the flip side is is that visually there's almost the illusion to Gone with the Wind, the way that he picks her up and carries her off to the bedroom. Oh, yeah. very reminiscent of the way that like Rhett Butler picks up Scarlet and quite frankly like in the novel it's not as explicit in the film but in the novel it's pretty much made explicit that he rapes her that night wow. um, and, and, and Sam obviously does not do that no. uh, but it but it is a very kind of violent scene and, sure. and, and, and in a sexual manner almost yeah and the fact that when he does get her into the bedroom he does kiss her yeah almost as though it's weird because she has that line about like you know um you can't you do it aren't you interested in girls the kiss that he gives her almost feels like a rebuttal as opposed to it would have been like why doesn't he just like kiss her on the forehead like why not have a moment of tenderness instead he gives her like this big passionate kiss and it is it's almost like a rebuttal of like no i am a man yeah i am sexual i I could forgive my language but to, to to be very blunt yeah i could fuck you if i want yeah and yeah. I think, like, well, I, I find her line, it's a very interesting commentary that there, that, the, that there is a thing in society that when a man is not interested in sex, it's perceived that something must be wrong with him. Right. Either he's impotent or he's gay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because the, there is this idea that, that a straight man, at least, wants to have sex with any woman that he can, even if he doesn't find that woman necessarily attractive. So that if he doesn't, yeah, he must not be able to get it up, yep. or he's gay. Yeah, and so we hit both of those points, I think, and this right here, an excellent point. Yeah, him taking her in and, and doing the way he does, it's it's like saying, like, no, I could have you if I wanted, but I bet. won't. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go watch Double Indemnity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ah. Uh, it's a well-shot scene. It is a very well-shot scene, yeah. There, I mean, the, there's that moment at the end of the scene where Sam comes back out of the bedroom and the way Scott Bakula's lit and her in the background lit, like, just like this kind of standoff for a moment, and then... Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, then we, we find out what we think, her waking up the next morning. It's actually two days later. Yeah. Because she slept mm-hmm. all through the day before. And it's the day of the shoot. Day of the shoot, y'all. <laughs> yes, it is. That's yeah. right. Lots of coffee. Yeah. Uh, so we get to the shoot. Uh, we get a line where uh, she needs more coffee. Al says, "Not in a styrofoam cup." Yep. That was Dean Stockwell's contribution to the script. Indeed, it was. Uh, that's one of his favorite contributions to. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you, either of you recognize this bridge? No. I'm sure I should. It's the bridge from another favorite epi- episode of your Sam. It's the bridge from the picnic scene from Americanization oh, much ago. <laughs> and it's uh, spoilers for a, a future episode. It is the bridge that Sam is standing under when he leaps in uh, during the leap between the states. Hmm. Oh, nice. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I like that. Anyway, um, so we're getting into the photo shoot. Um, long story short, producers are freaking out over 
Edie. Helen tries to feed her more pills. She says pills. no. Yeah. Pills. Edie, yeah. Or, or Helen, I don't know, she crunches them up, but anyway, she slips them into her no, coffee. No, she just drops them. She just drops two, two oh, of is that it? Right okay, into her yeah. coffee. Yeah. Um, because antibiotics dissolve in coffee? I mean... Right. Yeah, right. You're going to notice that those giant horse pills are in your coffee, and you could probably just spit them out. Sure. And it was also this moment, like, talking about, like, Sam not being proactive. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was in this scene, like, where they're having, like, this little heart-to-heart, and she's drinking the coffee. Like, I wanted Sam to be smart and figure it out. Yeah. And be like, no, you just got drugged. Yeah. Um, but instead, you know what we get again? A photo montage? We get, well, we don't even get, uh, not even really a montage. Oh, we yeah. get the lion. Lion. Yes, we do get the lion. The lion is back. Yeah. So. That poor lion. lion oh, the God. The bitch in the, par- the barbiturates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's really great. what they should have named this episode. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> but they couldn't because it would have been pills. Pills. Yeah. Barbiturates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, yeah, Edie goes off the deep end, starts spraying champagne on onto the lion. Lion freaks out. Uh, we get. And we get a chase scene. Yes, we do. Yeah. That's... Oh, my God. Uh, like, this episode, like, if they'd have put half the effort into writing as they did The Lion, you might have had yeah. a better episode. There is so... Shooting The Lion had to have been so difficult that day. That... Uh, yes, like, how to do that safely and to mm-hmm. not harm The Lion right. it, it, itself and to not harm anybody in the shooting. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I it, it doesn't pay off. The scene is corny and cheesy as hell. It's it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and the and the entire lead up to the lion freaking out and Edie doing it. Sam, you may appreciate it. Larry, you may appreciate it too. It kind of reminds me to a lead up of Bill Bigsby hulking out yes. the old Incredible <laughs> Hulk TV series. Well, like I was just waiting for the lion's eyes to turn green. It's funny that you mentioned that because all I could think of is the, uh, the the scene in the Incredible Hulk where he like fights a bear and it's like not a real bear. <laughs> and, and, and like clearly this is a real lion, so that's a little bit different. But yeah. it comes off just as hokey. And there's this part of me that's just like. Man, they should have just used a real fucking bear. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, so anyway, um, Edie runs off. The lion chases after her. The lion... Is it Mike that he attacks? No, what? it's like the lion tamer. Oh, the lion tamer. Okay, okay yeah. Whatever, yeah. So, oh, it would have been so great if it was Mike. It would have been, been, been great. I would have loved it. Uh, it cher- cherry on top. Anyway, so, yeah, she gets to the bridge... She passes out. Al says, "Isn't when this happening?" We get a nice shot of the lion jumping through. Al, uh, this is where we get the the one like where we get a, a name drop of what the pills are. Yes, Black Betty's and um, doors and fours. Doors and fours. Yeah, are, yeah. And oh, Black Betty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, this is where the 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 rich white guys. One of them gets to be heroic, or they Ooh. both get to be heroic. Because like when Sam's like, "Go do this, go do this," one of them says. What can I do? Yeah. And Sam's like, like go call an ambulance or, or something like that. Quit being be such a deplorable asshole. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Stop preying on young women. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so we get this thing of, of, of Sam walking Edie through, like trying to keep her awake so that she doesn't pass out. Gets to talking about Sam's, quote unquote, or Carl's, quote, cousin. Cousin. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they met, they name drop Cooperstown, Indiana. Yeah. It's near Elk Ridge. Cooperstown, also fictional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Although there is a Cooperstown in Ohio, so... Uh, I think in Pennsylvania as well. Yeah. Yeah. New York is yeah. where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. Or New York, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, and then it, it's a weird... It's such a weird climax. Like, he's just walking her back and forth... And then Al is reading off numbers like, oh, she's up to over yeah. 50%. 40%. 42%. It's over 50%. And, like, at that point, I just want to be like, Al, there's still, like, a 48% chance she yeah, could exactly. die. Yeah. She's, she's teetering on the brink here. Yeah. Right. There's not, yeah, don't don't celebrate too soon. Right? Celebrating uh, on a curve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then we get to the, to the great scene that you've mentioned before, Larry. It's everybody abandons Helen. Oh, Helen. And I think, like, it's everybody, and the last one left with her is Al. And Al, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. Al. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, so I want to go back a little bit. Please. Sam is an MD. Yep. And on so many occasions he has demonstrated that even through his Swiss cheese noggin, he retains just enough to at least perform at a paramedic level. And in this episode... I think through the detox scene as well as at the end, he seems to be absolutely clueless in how to handle her condition. Yeah, I and completely it, agree. And, and all I can think of is like, Sam, you know something. I don't know what it is, but I'm not a doctor like you are. <laughs> well, he's very, like, I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but he is very forceful with her in that detox scene. And I just mm-hmm. don't think that that is ha- what an MD would do. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's again the the writing. I'm you know Chris Frippenthal's written so many good episodes, right? But he just screwed the pooch on this one. It's terrible. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It, there were times when I literally was just like, man, is this like a is this like a first season or first half yeah. of second season leftover mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or late season five? Spoiler alert. Sure. like because I remember like reading like like back in the late nineties, I was really into like I wanted to to collect every script that I could, and so I I, I found a couple of like like they were fully written but unproduced scripts mm. of the show like at one point in time they were under consideration but they were just never produced and I remember like reading one of them and going oh yeah there's a reason that episode was never produced yeah and I could I could look at this episode and imagine reading the script in an alternate universe where this episode wasn't made and going oh yeah there was a reason this episode wasn't produced <laughs> you know I sometimes I wonder especially with the placement and you have these three incredible episodes mm-hmm. you know close second season and open the first se- third season rather and then all of a sudden you have to figure out how how do we follow that and you know that you can't get much higher necessarily so you're gonna have to dial it down a little bit sure but this feels like dialing it back a little too much way too much I mean, you know, to to forgive it, I mean, like, they, they had to fill 22, 23 episodes, yeah. however many there were this season. Uh, Leap of Faith, not the greatest episode, but a pretty pretty exactly. solid. It's, it's yeah. yeah, Yeah. You know, uh, the interesting thing about Leap of Faith is, though, is it's like, I took notes as I was watching it. As I was watching this, I didn't take any notes. <laughs> oh, I was going to watch this. I was going to watch this twice and way, take notes, and I was like, This one, you're that. just like, screw this, screw this. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, I got you there. You know, here's the thing. I we we've had episodes before where uh, one of us didn't think the episode was that great, yeah, and the other one brought the other one around. 
I came into this episode thinking it was pretty decent, and you guys have brought me around. <laughs> to the fact that it sucks. Yeah, it's to, to, it's, to, to it sucks, and that, it's, yeah. not a, that yeah. it's not a great episode. Yeah, this is like the Phantom Menace of Quantum Leap. It's terrible. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> well, at least it's not the Attack of the Clones. So. Yeah. Oh, God. No, that's the, that's the Americanization movie. of Machiko. Oh, oh well, God. Yeah, the hey. Goodbye Norma Jean one is pretty... Yeah, you're right. Oh, God. So, uh, speaking of goodbyes... We get to the last scene. Which is actually really nice. Yeah. yeah. After all the shitty things we've said about this episode, <laughs> I have to say, yeah. I do really like the goodbye. Yeah. Uh, just, just, a, just a really sweet scene. Sam gets to name drop himself. Yes. Which, literally, as I was watching, I was like, man, when is the last time he got to tell someone his name? Mm. Mm. Like, really, like... And he's not. Sure. Because he's saying it's my cousin, but... Yeah. Uh, and then immediately after that, like... Al's there, and you can tell that Sam's like kind of a little like yeah. emotional, and Al's like, "What's up?" And Sam just looks at him. And really, like, yeah. She's well, going home. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And when I'll, he says that, it's like, uh. yeah, yeah, because Al's saying is, "You'll be happy to know that everything turned out fine." And I love the, the, they they have these scenes sometimes where they get to an end of the episode, and Sam and Al they just kind of stand there awkwardly, like they don't know what to say, and they 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 just play those moments like really well mm-hmm. of just like yeah well yeah we're done waiting for the blue light <laughs> waiting for the blue light okay yeah uh, and so yeah Sam says he knows everything's going to turn out okay because she's going home she's going home she's going home and then we leap into the episode that will not be named eighteen seventy nine the the blanket what's funny uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, when uh, I started watching the Leap Home yeah, Part One, I posted I, I posted a picture on Facebook uh, of, of like the, the the screenshot of the, the Blu-ray menu, and uh, Hayden McQueenie, uh, who's a really uh, pretty regular contributor on the Quantum Leap podcast, uh, he commented like like No, don't show the title, don't show the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this is gonna be a fun episode next week. It will. Yeah, yeah. Get to go back and revisit it. We kind of visited already. Well, we had fun with it, yeah. For yeah. Halloween. With, uh, I, I don't know how far back you, you listened to our episodes, but when we started this podcast, Larry, mm-hmm. um, uh, Kamikaze Kid yes. fell on Halloween. Oh, nice. Like when we released it. When yeah. we released it, yeah. So we, we kind of threw out this idea of like, since since we're coming like right into Halloween, do we do the Halloween episode or do we do Kamikaze Kid? Yeah. Uh, and so we ended up doing Kamikaze Kid, but we did some fun stuff with the editing, uh, uh, which, which which nobody commented on. So <laughs> well, I don't remember that. We were we were very new at the time. <laughs> yeah, we were very new. So yeah, it was just like having some fun with it. Yeah, it'll be fun to go and actually. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go back and listen to that. Absolutely. I, I picked you guys up actually with another of my least favorites, which was uh, Portrait for Troyan. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm right there with you, Larry. Yeah, terrible. Oh, so bad. Deborah yeah. Pratt, great writer, can't act her way out of a paper bag. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know, right? I feel yeah. bad saying it, but it's so true. Because she's so integral to the success of the show. Yes. But she's terrible in that episode. She's so yeah. bad. I mean, honestly, like if I'm looking at all of the episodes that we have talked about so far, mm-hmm. uh, I would have to say that Americanization of Machiko, Portrait for Troyan, mm-hmm. and this 
are probably my three least favorite. Your bottom yeah. three? Wow. Yeah. That's pretty bad, and you're not wrong. I think I'm with you. Yeah. Because even the ones, <laughs> like, even other ones that I dislike, I, they're, like I said, they're, they're just pedestrian. They're okay. They're fine. Yeah. And they're perfectly acceptable. Like, there's your, your greats, like your obvious greats, your MIAs and whatnot. And the thing about Quantum Leap is it's consistent enough that there aren't many turds. Yeah. But when there are, they stink bad yep yeah for sure well and even an episode like uh leaping in without a net which is fairly pedestrian in a lot yeah. of ways yeah it, but at least you got the physicality of the episode to yeah to make up for that. yeah i had no and, problem and, with that episode it's fine it's not right yeah it's not this <laughs> right exactly yeah. exactly yeah. um well I don't even know if I need to ask. I was just thinking like to, to not to, to poop all over it. Maybe an interesting exercise would be like, what is one really great thing about this episode that you can, that you can pick out of this turd? That lion was beautiful. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> such a beautiful, uh, elegant, just regal creature. Honestly, other than that, that's true. <laughs> For me, I think it would be uh, the relationship between Sam and Edie, in spite of the detox scene, which gets a little weird with the wrestling yeah. on the floor. Sure. Uh, I think where it begins in that sort of first cute, bumbling Sam scene mm-hmm. to the end when he says goodbye to her and you know puts her on the freight elevator, and like I, I, that's just really sweet, and telling her his name, and then you know the, that line that he says to Al about she's going home. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it hit you a little bit. It did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, w- I would agree with that, and I would go back to saying uh, the main was beautiful, not just on the lion, but we didn't <laughs> talk about this, but on Carl Ooh, himself. The, the oh, that's the, right. The, the, the mirror image. The, the mirror image. Yeah, that hair. That, that hair. hair. Luscious <laughs> locks. Yeah. <laughs> that is what a photographer looks like. Damn right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I would say that. Yeah, and the. Yeah, and the relationship between yeah. Sam and Edie, and the the fa- the fact that it, it's been a while the the leap home episodes, notwithstanding for obvious reasons, it's mm-hmm. been a while since Sam like has had a chance to like really connect with someone. Yeah, during mm-hmm. the leap, and so it was nice mm-hmm. to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's weird because sometimes you can just look at something and you can know that it's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yet. It, you can see the positives, the lighting, the direction of, uh, you know, the shooting, the way the scenes are sure. shot, not the direction is in the way some of these, you know, characters are directed or whatever, but right. the, you know, and, and that relationship, they stand out and they rise mm-hmm. above, but the less, the rest of it just leaves you wanting. Yeah. yeah. There was an episode yeah. of, uh, I'll shamelessly plug another podcast. Uh, one of my, Go for it. one of my favorite Star Trek podcasts is Trek geeks. A couple guys out okay. of New Hampshire. Um, like you, you know, old friends talking about a thing they love. Where they did an episode recently which was called Say Something Nice, where they each picked, like, five episodes or a movie of Star Trek that they hate, but they picked one thing they could find that was nice about it. So That's awesome. That's kind of where we're at here. Like, there is... It really is. Yeah. (laughs) We're saying something nice. I mean... There, there are two good scenes with Sam and, and Edie. I think the, the like you said, the one where they're in his apartment or in her apartment, and he kind of ducks his head out and in. And I love that moment. And then you're right; the final scene is very sweet and just a, a 
in a sea of crap, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Again, like, to give it a pass, like they're shooting 22 episodes in a season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every, every episode of Quantum Leap is very ambitious because like, they're, they're starting from scratch. These are mini Almost. movies of the week. Every, yeah, week. Every, totally. yeah, absolutely. Every, every every episode, and also this was at a time when like we weren't quite to the point yet. Like you know, there was going to be reruns. Mm. We weren't expecting for for things to live on forever. Exactly. Well, and, you and, know, and, and Blu-ray and streaming. To to speak to what Larry just said, because I really like that. There are many movies of the week. It's kind of something that we've said before, and some episodes are sort of like. The HBO movie of the week. (laughs) Some, however, are like the Lifetime movie of the week. And here we are. This is the Lifetime movie of the week. This (laughs) was... I could really... This is on Freeform or something. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm just now flashing to there was a really bad Lifetime made-for-TV movie that came out a couple years after Quantum Leap, and Dean Stockwell was in it. Oh... Oh, like, no. like, like he was, like he was the dad of the main woman character. Uh, yeah, and, and this was still at a point where I wanted, like Scott Bakula, Dean Stockwell. I would watch absolutely of anything course. either yeah. one of them were in because I was trying to keep the Quantum Leap love going. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah to, to tie it into your next episode, the blankety blank. Uh, Dean Stockwell did a mini series based on Stephen King, The Langoliers. Have you seen that one? Oh, yes. God. It's so bad. It is. And, like, he, I love Dean Stockwell. He so do I. Not, he is not great in that movie. No, no way. Oh. It's, it's terrible. So, the, the movie that you were just name checking, I'm pretty sure, is called Close to Danger. Ooh. I- it's been a college years. student typing a manuscript for a novelist begins to realize he's planning to carry out the murder mystery in real life. Uh, maybe that's not it. No, no. It, it had something to do with, uh, with a young girl in a small town, like, uh, like getting tied up in some kind of sex scandal or, or, or something and, or Pills, something. Probably. Yeah. Pills, yeah. Pills. Was it justice in a small town? Yes, that was probably it. A civil service worker in Georgia places her family at risk when she agrees to help expose high-level corruption. That's justice probably, in a small town. That's that's probably oh, it right, right there. Well, yeah, anyway, anyway yeah. we should probably be wrapping this up and heading out of here. Yeah, yeah, time to time to leap on down the road, I suppose. Uh, Larry, thank yes. you so very much for joining us. Uh, remind else? us again where, where people can find your, before, your shoe. Before we leave, I want to make one weird point. I don't know why it struck me as I was watching. I watched Leap of Faith last night, too. Oh, excellent. And it occurred to me that I'm older than Scott Bakula was when he made this show. Mm. Like right now, and I'm feeling every bit of it. I'm not going to lie to you, and it just kind of hit me like, shit. I was, a <laughs> I was a kid, and I like, it's, and I looked up to Sam Beckett. I'm not going to lie to you; he was a personal yeah. hero of mine. Oh I god, was, yeah, yeah, and and greatly informed you know, the kind of person I try to be. And I think I do okay, but at the same time, I'm like, oh shit, I'm just, yeah, adulthood. Adulthood is a strange thing. Just making a very vague point that you can edit out if you want to, since it made no sense. Oh, we, we edit nothing out. But no, no, it, it, it is interesting, like, like going back and revisiting a show, like, several points during your, your mm-hmm. uh, you know, different points throughout your life. It's like, right. you know, like, yeah, these were people that I looked, you know, up to. And, you know, when I was younger, you know, like, you know, Edie, for example, she was much older than I was. Exactly, and she yeah. Is, yeah. Much she's, younger, yeah. Now she's much younger and almost at an age where I would feel 
creepy. Uh, I would feel like creepy, like trying to yeah. pr- pursue her in any way. So yeah. exactly, yes. Yeah, I, you know that's definitely something I talked about uh, in Leap Home Part One. The just the idea that you know watching this when I was so young, you know, like eight, nine, ten years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was I was twelve when it went off the air. Um, and then coming back to it over the years as I, you know, grew up in 16, 17, 18 into my 20s and now revisiting it in my 30s, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it does provoke a very interesting kind of response from time to time. And there are Absolutely, certain parts yeah. of it that I, I cannot get detached from no. that point when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. And then there are other things where you just sort of like, oh, oh, I, I didn't know that then but now i know it and i don't know how i feel about that sure yeah 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 i was telling my wife you know i i watch the show now and i'm just it just kind of makes me cry (laughs) (laughs) not in a bad way like in a very life-affirming sort of way that that a hallmark movie is meant to but just doesn't but the show does yeah right no, when it when it when it hits, it definitely hits, and I oh, I completely agree. I, I mean, that was one of the things that was difficult about watching MIA Leap Home Part One and Part Two, like mm-hmm. in succession. It's just sort of like ah, I didn't know I could feel this way anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you you will feel this way. Like I I see my my dad's in his seventies now, and he cries all the time. So yeah. I just I just know what I had to look forward to. Yeah, right. Yeah. No shame in that. No, none, none whatsoever. Uh, so, yeah, where can uh, people find your, your show? Yeah, right? if okay. we want to cry guest, with you sometime. The, the Guest Room Podcast is on Libsyn, uh, theguestroompodcast.libsyn.com. Um, I'm on iTunes. I'm on Stitcher. I'm on Google Play Music. Uh, just look for The Guest Room Podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter. The Guest Room Pod is the handle. I'm also on Facebook, but not a lot happens on my Facebook page, unfortunately. It's kind of dead. I need to really rethink what I'm doing there, but... But sure. my Twitter, my Twitter's pretty happening, so so check me out on the Guest Room Pod. I talk about all kinds of things, movies and sometimes sports and occasionally Donald Trump and all, you know, all the fun stuff. Yes, all <laughs> the fun, <laughs> stuff. fun stuff. Yeah, all that, all that, all that juicy material that's happening these days. Yeah. Yep. Well, there's a never-ending supply of it, that's no, for sure. Right. No doubt. I mean, we've, right. been, we, we've been on here for an hour and 20 minutes. I mean, something has to have happened. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, check, everybody check your phones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We will check you, uh, check you out. Please check Larry out. And yeah. Um, and also, you know, Larry, we would love to have you back on sometime. Especially, for an episode you like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get you back up for one you like and, uh, you know, talk a little bit more. But uh, keep in touch. And uh, like Dennis is saying, everyone take the time to check out. Um, the guest room podcast if you have not already done so follow him on twitter uh we do and we often have you know a fun time doing so with a uh, little little comments here and there so uh yeah thank you so much for joining us today after our initial technical difficulties oh, <laughs> what on a podcast no never never, never. <laughs> uh but yeah take care and uh again thank you so much everyone for listening we're gonna leap on out of here and we'll catch you next time for an episode, a name which we shall not, not speak. Sleepy. See you next week. Right, bye bye. See you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you've heard or have any questions or comments, don't be shy. Reach out to us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Fates Wide Wheel. And remember to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, 
Google Play, or wherever you may be listening. Until next time.